This begins a journey over the next few weeks of many, many, many trips to Finca Argentina in El Salvador. So this week we've got something a little special. Um, we are going to go back in time to episode 193 where Alejandro came across to the UK with a wonderful moustache, the best moustache you've ever seen, and did a talk at North Tea Power uh, in Manchester. And because we've got three coffees over the next kind of uh, five weeks, I thought, let's just mix it up a little. So Ali, over to you. If you can see, come back a bit, because you're too, you're too tall. Can somebody get him like a boss? <laughs> I'll do the comedy. All right. <laughs> right. So I've done really well with the microphones, by the way. I have two of these. One of them is here. One of them is at the roastery. <laughs> so. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In My Mug, episode 193. 193, man. That's a lot. On Monday, the 23rd of July, 2012. Don't say it's not Monday, because that will break the magic of the internet. Um, yeah, my name is Steve Layton, and thank you very much for joining me. Today, I am joined by somebody who is very special. Didn't go to a special school, he's just very special. And his name is Alejandro Martinez. He's from Finca Argentina in El Salvador. And the coffee we're going to talk about this week is from Guatemala. And it no, we best not. We best talk about your coffee if you're going to be up here. It's up to you. You decide. <laughs> so the coffee we're talking about today is Finca uh, Argentina um, from El Salvador. We're going to be trying the washed coffee as the In My Mug subscription. But being as though we're here at the wonderful North Tea Power, North Tea Power, round of applause for yourselves. We have an audience! At the North Tea Power in the northern quarter of Manchester, um, yeah, we're going to be having lots of fun while we do it. So, this is the part on the video where I normally talk about the coffee. And I say, oh, it's an elevation of 1,300 metres, it's in El Salvador, it's in the Abenaki Mountain Range of El Salvador. But why would I do that when you're here? So you can do all the hard work. So, okay. what we do now is we tell the lovely audience at home and the lovely audience watching about a little bit about where the farm is, what varietals it grows, things like that. So I'm going to take the microphone out of my pocket. Hand it over. No, okay, I'll keep, keep it. There. Keep, keep it. it it's fine. So Finca Argentina is in El Salvador. is um, at 1,300 meters above sea level, and is basically in Aguachapan, which is a department in El Salvador, and is um, um, in. Um, in a town called Turin is the name, like in Italy, Turin. Yeah. But it's not as nice though as in the <laughs> Italian town. But it's further up in the mountain, um, very volcanic. Right in the property we have uh, actually hot mud from like a vein from the volcano. So no coffee grows there, everything burns out. I remember and as well on the mountain you have like, a, there was like a steam jet coming out when we yes, were there. Yes, and the, the well. farm next to us has a big steam jet coming out. And um, they were doing some geological research actually in the property and they put some big tanks to test for geothermal power as well. So very volcanic and um, the tree, uh, sorry, the coffee is grown. Uh, the one that we sent Steve is in the best part of the farm and um, 1300 to 1350 uh, meters above sea level. So and you, have a, you actually have a name for that part of the farm as well? You and, name uh, yeah, where, where, where we take the coffee is called San Jorge 
uh, St. George for all of you, which is very British, I guess, patron of How England, cool right? <laughs> and um, uh, is the Bourbon varietal is what we do. And uh, usually Steve is very demanding, I would say. So he asks. Tell him that. He usually it's asks really ahead easy. of time what he wants. So it's like. Could you do this for me this coming year, or can you try this method for processing? So that's why uh, we usually ship him uh, the washed, semi-washed, and pulp natural. And this coming year, we're going to try some crazy stuff. We cannot say it yet because we don't know how it's going to turn out. But if it turns out good, then probably you'll try it as well. Yeah. Now we've got lots of experiments lined up for for Argentina because Alejandro is kind and he lets me be really silly with my crazy demands and that's why we have such amazing coffee. Up until we started buying from the farm, you'd never done pulp natural at the mill, had you? Like, no, no, I was telling uh, some people before that usually the pulp natural that the mills do is for the leftovers. So the leftover coffee, the floaters and the, the crap, <laughs> that's what they dry up in patios in the pulp natural way just so it camouflages the flavor a little bit and they're able to sell it not as a high price but get something out of it so they thought I was kind of crazy when I told them it's like no I want to get ripe cherries and just dry them out and they thought like sure we'll do that but okay why would you want to do that it's well Steve asked for it so what do I know? <laughs> it's crazy. Like the, the, the second time I visited, the, everybody at the mill was kind of chuckling at me. And it was like, why are they laughing? And Alejandro was saying, they're laughing at the cascara you asked them to do. They're saying, like, normally, black just gets thrown away. They're asking if you want to take the trash with you back as well. So, um, But, I mean, that, that cascara last year was phenomenal. It was, like, just an amazing, amazing cascara. So, And the pulp natural, the stuff that all doesn't normally, for me, is the highlight of this year. I think it's absolutely stunning. But we're going to find out that now, so we're going to whap you on pause. That's a famous in my mug saying whap you on pause. So yeah. There'll be some people going, yeah, yeah, they always say so. <laughs> so we're going to whap you on pause. I am not going to make any drinks. Wayne and Jane are going to work with the team, work like devils getting these samples out, and we'll be back in just a second. And we are back. And it's so nice to not have to make the drinks ourselves. The guys behind the bar have done a great job. Thank you guys. Round of applause for the guys. So, we're going to taste all of them together, but we're going to start with the washed. So, excuse me leaning across. So, has everybody tried, got the washed? That's the one that I really wanted everybody to try. So, if you can try it now. So, for me, it starts off like a very, very typical El Salvador. And El Salvador's typically a sweet, chocolate, balanced, smooth, just a nice, easy drink. But on the back end, I get this like orange. And I've got the descriptor on the back as blood orange. Because it's a very sweet orange. It's not, you were complaining this morning about the orange juice in the hotel. No, not the oranges, the oranges. They the were oranges. very bitter. Yeah. And, and that's like, this is a sweet orange, this is very different. And I get this like little shoulder, a blood orange in there, and I really like, I really like. Well, what do you think? No, I think that's right. He thinks I'm right. So has anybody else got any other descriptors from this coffee? And nothing is ridiculous, nothing is too stupid. Like, I've had strawberry dipped in cow dung before, so you can have really silly descriptors. So has anybody got any descriptors other than that? Pardon? Dark grapes, for sure. I think the acidity is very, very like winey-like. That's that's good. Any others? If I was going to describe it as a 
very efficient. There's a lot of flavour in there. Well balanced. Very cubic was the the the, the description. And I can't. It, it's for me. It's a it's a perfect El Salvador. It's like it's got all of the balance that I expect. It's got all of the smoothness and the balance. It's nothing is out of kilter. Nothing is. We may find that a little bit further on, but this one. I think like works really well in a blend. I love blending with this coffee. If you sold me some more this year, I'd blend it with it more. But you didn't sell me enough. Well, so. we had a bad crop this year. So. And that's actually a good part. To, I'm going to give you the mind. I'd like to just kind of talk to the people about what happened in El Salvador last year and why it was different. Sure. Do you want me to talk yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, so, so why was the crop? So, uh, well, last year in October, usually the... You, you, the wet season starts to go away. September is very rainy, and then October starts to get more dry. And uh, we start harvesting, depending on the altitude of the farm, but you, usually in October you get the low-altitude uh, farms. They start the farming. Then November, the medium-altitude farms. December, January, February, you get the high-altitude farms. And uh, unfortunately, last year we got... Uh, in October, towards the end of the October, 10 days of straight rain, and that really messed up the crops for everybody. And uh, it rained, it wasn't that it rained that all those days, it was that it rained very heavily. So we got in 10 days the amount of rain that we usually, it was about 40% the amount of rain that we usually get in one year, we got in 10 days. So it was a big mess in the country, and even if, if you were able to go and pick up the coffee, you couldn't get it out of the farm because there were no roads. All the roads were washed out and uh, it just complicated everything for everybody. So yields were down about 40% across the board pretty much. And I kind of got that from lots of other producers as well that they had the same problem. So they were able to pick the coffee and it sat on the farm and just rotted. Because if you don't get it to the mill in time to, to do the washed process that this one is or all the other processes, then you're in trouble. The coffee's not going to be very good. So somebody also asked before we did these what washed coffee meant. And, and basically what happens, you depulp the coffee once it's picked. So the coffee's in a cherry. You remove the cherry. Now, in, in, in Argentina, they do it a little bit differently to lots of other places where they don't use water to submerge it under. They just depulp it and leave it to ferment in its own juices and its own kind of mucilage. And then they do the wash process eight, eight Eight hours later, they'll run it through the water mill and take the mucilage off that's broken down. And I think that comes across in the cup as well. That's where lots of that sweetness is coming from. It's, it's kind of almost like a pulp natural, but not. Um, the mucilage stays around a little bit longer. And it was interesting to talk about that earlier. But moving on, the pulp natural. So, have we all got pulp natural? Or did, yeah? Let's, let's try this one. Now, the pulp natural for me, as I said earlier, I think is the best it's been. I think last year's was good. This is even better. It, it's like the washed in many ways, but it's almost like it's had some steroids. It's kind of got a little bit more sweetness, and the acidity is much more pronounced. That grape acidity you got, I, I get that a lot more in this one than I think I did in the first one. It was there, but here it's like, it's, it's heightened. It's kind of bigger. Um, has anybody else got any other descriptors for this coffee? Cuban cigar. Cuban cigar. Wow. I've not got a Cuban cigar before. No. It's specifically Cuban, not Nicaraguan or anything. It's definitely Cuban. <laughs> cool. I like it. Any others? Cola syrup. Cola syrup. Yeah, cola is a very good one. I, and I find, 
I've been finding lots of cherry colas in, in the El Salvador coffees this year. Like, there's little hints of cherry cola, um, and cola for sure, and it's that sweetness, because it's like type of sweetness. It's not your normal sweetness, it's just that little bit more. Any others? Caramelized sugar again, so we keep coming back to this sweetness, and I, I, I like couldn't agree more. It's just this is sweet, sweet, sweet. What, what do you think? Um, you can taste more sweetness, I think, and I think it balances out a little bit of the acidity. Mm. I think on the wash, you feel at, at least I, I get more of an this, I can feel more of the acidity than I do on the semi wash because okay. it's sweeter, and I think it balances out a little bit. But that's me, cool. No, no, that's that, that's super. So, pulp natural is or semi washed. He's making me say semi-washed. He doesn't like pulp natural. That's, that's how they call it at the mill. Pulp natural, they don't know what it is. So. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's what you take the cherry off and then you whap it straight on the patios to dry with the mucilage on. So you don't leave it in the tank for eight hours and then wash it and dry it. It goes straight onto the patio. And I think that's a reason for lots of the sweetness because the mucilage is quite sweet and you get the sweetness of the fruit kind of imparting itself to the coffee bean. So that's the pulp natural. Moving on to the natural. Natural cups, everybody? Yeah, good. Now, this is Marmite. You will either love natural coffees or you'll hate natural coffees. Most people in the coffee industry hate natural coffees. I love them because they're interesting. They're, they're normally the ones that divide opinion and they make you have an opinion. Like, that, the washed coffee is lovely, but you can't... You're not going to be offended by it. It's not. Everybody's going to go and go. That's night. I love it when somebody goes. Wow, that's different. So let's. Uh... Yeah, that's different. <laughs> so I've been blending with this coffee for around about three or four weeks now. We used it in, a, in our Blake, and what it does in a cappuccino, this is phenomenal. You get that funky fruit. You get almost like. If you've had cascara, which is the cherry, dried cherry on it, you, this tastes of the, the pulp. Yeah. You can taste the farm. It's like walking onto the farm during picking season and getting that waft of smell. That's how it smells, what you taste in there. Um, very fruity, a little bit of dried fruit as well. I'm kind of thinking a little bit of like sultana, um, stuff like that. Has anybody else got any other descriptors for this one? Rare steak. Rare steak. Okay. Okay, go with that. It's meaty, it's got a real body to it and a real presence. What was the other one? Fig rolls. Yeah, I could go with that. That whole kind of fig, dried fruit thing for sure is definitely there. Any others? Golden Graham. Now, I haven't had Golden Grahams for years. I'm now going to have to go back and look at Golden Grahams. That's interesting because I wanted to say that as well, that there's some sweetness. There is sweetness in there still. You can still taste that coffee underneath. But what you mainly taste in this one is it, it's pulp. It's, it's that, you know, you're tasting process with the sweetness underneath. And that's why I think it's such a great coffee because you can still taste them. Bad naturals just taste of pulp and don't taste of anything else. This has other things going on like Golden Grahams, like unusual flavours. And say the cappuccino, it is phenomenal. It really cuts through the milk well. We've been playing with it a lot and I, I really like it. I mean, well, what do you think of naturals? What? Um. Personally, I like them, yeah. although I think I like the wash better. Yeah. But um, they're, like Steve said, they're interesting. You, every time they're used in a blend, you can easily pick them up because he has that like pulp flavor in, at the back. When you drink it, you can just taste it. So uh, what I like about it is that it adds 
a little bit of sweetness into your blend, so it helps out a lot. And and this one, I think, is better than last year's. Yes. Yeah, I think it's more balanced. And last year, I think it was a little bit more punchy. It was like oof. Yeah. And this one, you taste it, and it's mellow, and and it's like an even profile that you can taste. So you're very clean, and I like it a lot. For sure, I think it's a more grown-up natural, like because sometimes naturals can be a bit juvenile because they are like punch your face. Smack in the face, and they are. They are really kind of like bang. Whereas this, I think, has got it's still got some of the properties of the coffee in there. So, what we're going to do now is are you ready for this, Wayne? Are you sure? I feel so sorry for this man. He's going to have the worst half hour of his life now because he, get, he gets so like every time I come in and he pulls me an espresso, I could just see him go. Ah. So. We're going to have some espresso, and then we're going to come back. So if you don't like espresso, have another brood. But if you want to try the espresso, then Wayne will be very happy. This is the washed one, and then we'll be back with you in a minute. wire in front of the thing, that's not very good. That's it. Okay. Unprofessional. Come. Does anybody know any daft facts? No. I'll have to find Roland. Oh, maybe Gary knows a daft fact. Let's ask Gary. Gary, do you know any daft facts? <laughs> mm. Is this R-rated? No. I'm going to go to uh, Roland because he's the, the the king of daft facts. Hello, Roland. Do you know any daft facts? Did you know that the B3 sample roaster that we use here at Hasbeen is from the 1930s? And that was the year that you were born. That's really a coincidence. Quite a coincidence, Steve. So you keep sending in your pictures and thank you for that. This week's is Monkey Coom. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, but like you try and do better. You look at it on the screen. Um, uh, please send in your pictures with the hashtag has been um, and we will read them out um, on In My Mug. Um, but let's go into the coffee for this week. So um, this is a Catimore. Uh, Catimore varietals tend to be fairly unpopular with coffee drinkers and popular with producers. Unpopular with coffee drinkers because um, there's a perception they don't taste good. Uh, popular with coffee producers because they are leaf rust resistant and they're more resistant to disease. Now there's no such thing as a bad varietal. Um, there is a, such a thing as a varietal planted in a bad place. Um, this is planted on Garshapin and Garshapin has some fairly, um, how can we say this, it has hot springs within the mountain and those hot springs kind of burn the soil a little bit and can burn a fragile coffee plant. Whereas this, 
it's robust enough to deal with um, all of those kind of heats coming from the, the ground sources um, and to cope with the soil that it has. Uh, and for me, this is the best catimore that I think I've ever cupped anywhere. Um, and, you know, I quite easily can score this an 87, 88 point coffee um, where there's a lot of Bourbons planted in the wrong place, which I would, or geishas, which is a, a perfect example, planted in the wrong place, um, that I would score an 80, 81 point. So no such thing as a bad varietal. Let's dive into the coffee. So I think the first thing I noticed at the start, it's got a little bit of a black pepper spiciness to it. Um, not in an unpleasant way, it's a very gentle kind of warming feeling, but then it rolls into like yellow fruit. So I'm thinking like plum, I'm thinking like peach. Um, it's kind of very fruity, got a beautiful like white sugar sweetness to it. Um, a kind of very full and delicious coffee. I hope you're thinking the same back home too, but please do let us know. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on Catimore. Have you had it before? Uh, have you had it against others? And what do you think of this one? Hope you enjoyed our little trip down retro lane and uh, episode 193, 193, which would be 2011, 12. Next week, we've got something uh, a little bit more modern than that. Uh, but until then, thank you for joining me. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. Done. Wait.